Welcome to the Myth, Legend and Lore podcast. Chapter 14. Calf flees to the Orkneys. About this time, Calf Arneson was banished by King Magnus. He crossed the seas and went to Earl Thorfinn, his brother-in-law. Thorfinn's wife was then Ingebjörg, the mother of the Earls Paul and Erland, and daughter of Earl Finn Arneson. There was a great friendship between Calf and Earl Thorfinn. The Earl had a great many of men about him, which became very expensive to him. Then there were many who advised him not to leave two-thirds of the islands to Rogenwald, since his own expenses were so large. Thereupon Earl Thorfinn sent his men to the islands to demand from Rogenwald that third portion which had belonged to Earl Einar Rangmuth. Upon receiving this message, the Earl Rogenwald consulted with his friends. Then he called Earl Thorfinn's messengers and told them that he had received that portion of the islands which they claimed as a fief from King Magnus, and that the king called it his patrimony. It was therefore, he said, and the power of King Magnus to decide which of them should have it, and he would not give it up if the king wished him to retain it. The messengers went away and told these words to Earl Thorfinn, adding that the third portion which he had demanded would certainly not be got without trouble. On hearing this, Earl Thorfinn became very angry and said that it was unfair if King Magnus should have the inheritance of his brother, adding that he had yielded to the demand more because he was then in King Olaf's power than because it was just a claim. No, he said. I think Rogenwald does not return me well my goodwill in having left him in quiet possession for a time, if I am not to have the inheritance of my brother now, except by fighting for it. Now Earl Thorfinn became so enraged that he straightway sent men to the Hebrides and to Scotland, and collected together an army, making it known that he would march against Rogenwald, and demand that, without abatement, which he had not got when he had asked peacefully for it. When this was told to Earl Rogenwald, he called his friends together, and complained to them of his kinsman Thorfinn, intending to come and make war on him. He then asked what help they could offer him, saying that he would not give up his own without a trial of strength. But when he asked them to declare themselves, their opinions were very different. Some spoke in favour of Earl Rogenwald, and said that one could not be hard upon him for not being willing to part with his possessions. Others again said it was excusable on the part of Earl Thorfinn to desire to have those possessions for a while which Rogenwald had had before, and which had belonged to Earl Einar. Further, they said it was the greatest foolishness for Rogenwald to fight with such troops as he could get from two-thirds of the islands, against Thorfinn, who had one-third, with Caithness, a great deal of Scotland, and all the Hebrides besides. There were also those who advised reconciliation. They asked Earl Rogenwald to offer Earl Thorfinn one half of the islands, so that they might still be friends, 
as it was meet they should be owing to their relationship. But when Roggenwald found that their opinions were divided and that they all dissuaded him from resistance, he made it known his determination that he would not part with his possessions by any arrangement, but that he would rather leave them for some time and go to King Magnus, his foster brother, and see what assistance he would give him to retain them. Then he made ready and went to Norway, and did not rest until he came to King Magnus and told him how matters stood. The king received Earl Roggenwald very well and invited him to stay for as long as he liked and to receive such lands from him as were sufficient to keep him and his men. But Earl Roggenwald said he wished assistance to recover his possessions. King Magnus said he would certainly give him such aid as he stood in need of. Roggenwald stayed a short time in Norway until he had made ready his expedition for the Orkneys. He had a numerous and well-equipped army which King Magnus had given him. The king also sent word to Kalf Arneson that he should have his estates restored to him and be permitted to stay in Norway if he took Earl Roggenwald's part in his dispute with Earl Thorfinn. Chapter 15 Battle of Raudebjörg Earl Roggenwald sailed from Norway for the Orkneys and landed in Hjatland, which is Shetland, where he collected his men and went to the Orkneys. There he summoned his friends to meet him and obtained reinforcements. Earl Thorfinn was in Caithness, and news soon reached him of Earl Roggenwald's proceedings. He collected forces from Scotland and the Sudriar, or the Hebrides. Roggenwald immediately sent King Magnus's message to Kalf Arneson, who apparently received very well all the king had said. Earl Roggenwald collected his army together in the Orkneys, intending to cross over to Caithness, and when he sailed into the Pentland Firth, he had 30 large ships. There he was met by Earl Thorfinn, who had 60 ships, but most of them small. They met off Raudebjörg, the Red Cliff, and at once prepared for battle. Kalf Arneson was there also. He had six ships, all of them large, but did not take part in the fight. Now the battle began with utmost fury, both earls encouraging their men. When the fighting had thus continued for a while, the loss of men began to be heaviest on Earl Thorfinn's side, the chief cause being the greatest difference in the height of the ships. Thorfinn himself had a large ship, well equipped, in which he pressed forward with great daring, but when the smaller vessels were cleared, the Earl's ship was attacked from both sides, and they were placed in great danger. Many of the Earl's men were killed, and others dangerously wounded. Then Earl Roggenwald commanded his men to leap on board, but when Thorfinn perceived the immediate danger, he caused the ropes to be cut with which his ships were fastened to one another and rowed towards the shore. He had seventy dead bodies removed from his ship and all those who were disabled by wounds went on shore. Then Thorfinn ordered Arnor Jalsgard, who was among the Earl's men and in high favour, to go ashore and on landing he sang these verses. This I will not hide from comrades, though tis right one's chief to follow. Yet I myself unwilling thus to meet the son of Brucey. When these earls so fierce in battle close in fight, then will our case be hard beyond the case of most men in this trial of our friendship. Earl Thorfinn selected the ablest of his men to man his ship, and then he went to see Kalf Arneson and asked for his assistance. He said that Kalf would not be able to buy King Magnus's friendship, since he had already been banished, and was therefore unable to keep the king's favour 
even when they were once reconciled. You may be sure, he added, that Imrogevald overcomes me, and he and King Magnus become masters here in the West. You will not be welcome in this quarter. But if I come off victorious, you shall lack nothing that is in my power to give you. If we two keep together, we shall be a match for anyone here in the West, and I hardly think you will allow yourself to lie crouching aside like a cat amongst stones while I am fighting behoof for us both. Moreover, our ties are so close, it is more seemly for us to aid each other, since you have no ties of blood or affinity with our enemies. When Calf heard Thorfinn's persuasions, he called his men and gave orders to fall to and fight on the side of Earl Thorfinn. Now Thorfinn and Calf both rode back to the fight, and when they arrived, Thorfinn's men were ready to fly, and many of them had been slain. The Earl pushed his ship forward against that of Earl Roganvold, and a fierce fight ensued, as it is said by Arnar Jarlaskald. Then I saw the two wealth-givers hewing down each other's warriors. Fierce the fight was in the Pentland. As the sea swelled and the red rain crimsoned all the yielding timbers, while from the shield rooms sweat of hot blood dripping, stained the warrior's garments. Kalf attacked Roganvold's smaller ships and speedily cleared them, as there was a great difference in the height of the ships. When the hired troops from Norway saw their vessels beside them cleared, they cut away their ship and fled. Then only a few ships remained with Earl Roganvold, and the victory began to lean the other way. So says Arnor Jarlaskald. Then the prince, so fierce in battle, valiant kinsmen of the Vikings. All the old land might have conquered, with the assistance of the Islesmen. Fewer were his slaughtered heroes, but the chief's strong men in helmets, all the way to northern Jutland, chased the weak and flying remnant. And when the main portion of troops had fled, Kalf and Earl Thorfinn attacked Earl Roganvold's ship together, and a great number of his men were slain. When he saw the imminent danger, and that he would not be able to overcome Thorfinn and Kalf, he had the cables cut and fled. It was now late in the day, and darkness was coming on. Earl Roganvold stood out to sea the same night, and sailed for Norway, and he did not stop till he found King Magnus, who received him well, as he had done before, and invited him to remain with him, and there he stayed some time. Chapter 16 Earl Thorfinn Subdues the Islands Now it is to be told of Earl Thorfinn that on the morning after the battle he sent all boats to the islands to search for the fugitives. Many were killed, and some were pardoned. Earl Thorfinn subdued all the islands and made all the inhabitants his subjects, even those who had sworn allegiance to Earl Roganvold. Thorfinn then fixed his residence in the Orkneys, keeping a great number of men about him. He imported provisions from Caithness and sent Calf Arneson to the Sudriar and ordered him to remain and maintain his authority there. When Earl Roganvold had stayed with King Magnus for some time, he said to the king that he wished to go back to the islands. When the king heard this, he said it was not wise and advised him to remain until the winter had passed and the sea was free from ice. Yet he said that he would give him as many men as he wanted and a sufficient number of ships. Roganvold, in reply, said that this time he would go without the king's men, adding that he would not lead an army against Earl Thorfinn without great loss of men, as he had such extensive dominions in the west. This time, 
he continued. I intend to go to the west in a single ship, as well manned as possible. Thus I expect there will be no news of us beforehand, and if I get to the islands, I shall take them by surprise. And then we may speedily gain such a victory as could hardly, if at all, be gained by a number of troops. But if they become aware of our movements, we can still let the sea take care of us. King Magnus said he might go as he pleased, and return to him when he wished. After this, Roggenwald made his ship ready, and selected the crew carefully. Several of King Magnus's henchmen went with him, and altogether he had picked a crew in his vessel. When they were ready, they sailed out to sea and had a fair wind. This was early in winter. Chapter 17 Roggenwald Comes to the Islands Roggenwald first came off the coast of Jatland and heard that Earl Thorfinn was in the Orkneys with few men, because he did not expect any enemies in the depth of winter. Roggenwald went straight away to the Orkneys. Earl Thorfinn was in Hrossi, suspecting nothing. When Roggenwald arrived in the Orkneys, he went where he heard that Earl Thorfinn was, and came upon him unawares, so that his presence was not known until he had secured all the doors of the house in which the Earl and his men were. It was at night, and most of the men were asleep, but the Earl was still sitting over his drink. Roggenwald and his men set fire to the house. When Earl Thorfinn became aware of the presence of his enemies, he sent men to the door to know who they were. They were told it was Earl Roggenwald. Then they all leaped to their weapons, and they were unable to do anything in way of defence, as they were all prevented from getting out. The house was soon in flames, and Earl Thorfinn said that permission should be asked for those to go out who were to receive quarter. When this was asked of Earl Roggenwald, he permitted all the women and the thralls to go out, but he said most of Thorfinn's henchmen would be no better to him alive than dead. Those who were spared were dragged out, and the house began to burn down. Earl Thorfinn bethought of him a plan, and broke down part of the woodwork of the house and leapt out there, carrying Ingeborg, his wife, in his arms. As the night was pitch dark, he got away in the smoke unperceived by Earl Roggenwald's men, and during the night he rode alone in a boat over to Caithness. Earl Roggenwald burnt the house with all who were in it, and no one thought otherwise than that Earl Thorfinn had perished there. After this, Roggenwald went over to the islands and took possession of them all. He also sent messages over to Caithness and to Sudriar, to the effect that he intended to have all the dominions of Thorfinn, and nobody spoke against him. Earl Thorfinn was then in Caithness and hiding with his friends, and no news went abroad of his escape from the burning. Chapter 18 Earl Roggenwald Slain Earl Roggenwald resided in Kirkjavag and brought there all necessities for the winter. He had a great number of men and entertained them liberally. A little before Christmas, they all went with the numerous following into Little Papy to fetch malt for the Christmas brewing. The evening which they stayed in the islands, they sat a long time round the fires to warm themselves, and he who had to keep up the fires said they were running short of fuel. Then the earl made a slip of the tongue in speaking and said, We should be old enough when these fires have burnt out. But he intended to have said that they should be warm enough, and when he noticed his blunder, he said, I made a slip of my tongue in speaking just now. I do not remember that I ever did so before. And now I recollect what my foster father, King Olaf, said 
as Stickelstad when I noticed a slip of the tongue which he had made. Namely, that it ever so happens I should make a slip in my speech, I should not expect to live long after it. It may be that my kinsman Thorfinn is still alive. At that moment they heard that the house was surrounded by men. It was Earl Thorfinn and his men. They had set the house on fire immediately and heaped a large pile at the door. Thorfinn permitted all others to come out except Earl Roggenveld's men, and when most of them had gone out, a man came to the door dressed in linen clothes and asked Earl Thorfinn to lend a hand to the deacon. This man placed his hands on the wall and sprang over it and over the ring of men and came down a great way off and disappeared immediately into the darkness of night. Earl Thorfinn told his men to go after him, saying, There went the earl, for that is his feet and no other man's. They went away and divided into parties to search for him. Thorkel Fostry with some others went along the beach, and they heard the barking of a dog among the rocks by the sea. Earl Roggenwald had had his favourite dog with him. Thorkel had the earl seized and asked his men to kill him, offering them a reward and money, but no one would do it. So Thorkel Fostry slew Earl Roggenwald himself, as he knew that one of the two earls must die. Then Earl Thorfinn came up and did not find fault with the deed. They spent the night in the island, and all were killed who had accompanied Earl Roggenwald thither. Next morning they took a barge and filled it with malt. Then they went on board and ranged the shields which had belonged to Earl Roggenwald and his men along the bulwarks. Neither had they more men in the barge than Roggenwald had had. So they rolled to Kirkjavag, and when those of Roggenwald's men who were there and saw the vessel... They thought it was a Roggenwald and his men returning, and they went unarmed to meet them. Thorfinn seized thirty of them and slew them. Most of them were henchmen and friends of King Magnus. To one of the king's henchmen the earl gave quarter, and told him to go east to Norway and tell King Magnus the tidings. Chapter 19 Roggenwald's Burial The body of Roggenwald was brought over to larger Papi and buried there. Men said that he was one of the most accomplished and best loved of all the earls of the Orkneys, and his death was greatly lamented by all the people. After this, Earl Thorfinn took possession of the whole of the islands, and no one spoke against him. Early in the spring, these tidings came east to Norway, to King Magnus. He regarded the death of Roggenwald, his foster brother, as a great loss, and said he would avenge him by and by. But just then he was at war with King Swain, Ulf's son. Chapter 20 Earl Thorfinn comes to King Harald. About this time, King Harald Sigurdsson, King Magnus's uncle, arrived in Norway, and King Magnus gave him half of the kingdom. One winter they called out men from the whole of Norway, intending to go south to Denmark. But while they lay in Sally, two wardships, rode into the harbour and up to King Magnus's ship. A man in a white cloak went from the strange ship and along the king's ship and up the quarter-deck. The king sat at meat. The man saluted him and taking up a loaf, he broke it and ate all of it. The king received his salutation and handed a cup to him when he saw that he had eaten the bread. The king looked to him and said, Who is this man? My name is Thorfinn, he said. Art thou... Earl Thorfinn, said the king. So I am called in the west, he said, and I am here with two ships of twenty benches, well manned considering our meats. 
and I wish now to join in this expedition with you, if you will accept my assistance. All my men and myself are in God's power and yours, my lord, on account of my great misdeeds by which I have offended you. In the meantime, some men gathered together and listened to their conversation. It is true, Earl Thorfinn, said the king, that I intended, in case we should meet, that you should not have to tell of our parting. But now matters stand so that it does not become my dignity to have you slain, and you shall go with me now. But the terms of our reconciliation I will declare when I am more at leisure. Earl Thorfinn thanked the king and returned to his ship. The king stayed a long time in Selly, and men gathered to him from Vic, for he intended to sail to Jutland when he obtained a fair wind. Thorfinn was often in conversation with the king, who treated him in a friendly manner, and had him frequently present at his councils. One day the earl went on board the king's ship, and went up to the poop. The king asked him to sit down. The earl sat down, and they both drank together and were merry. A tall, brave-looking man, dressed in a red tunic, came to the poop and saluted the king, who received his greeting graciously. He was one of the king's henchmen. He said, I have come to see you, Earl Thorfinn. What is your business with me? said the earl. I wish to know what compensation you intend to give me, for my brother who was killed by your orders out west in Kirkjavag, along with others of King Magnus's henchmen. Have you never heard, said the earl, that it is not my wont to pay money for the men whom I have caused to kill? I have nothing to do with how you have treated other people. You pay the man boat for him, for who it devolves on me to seek compensation. I also lost some money there myself and was shamefully treated. It is more binding on me than anyone else to seek redress for my brother and myself, and I therefore now demand it. The king may remit offences committed against himself, even if he thinks it is of no importance that his henchmen are led out and slaughtered like sheep. The earl answered, I understand it to be to my advantage here that I am not in your power. Are you not the man to whom I gave quarter there? True enough, he said. It was in your power to have killed me like the others. Then the earl said, Now the saying proves true, that often happens to many which they least expect. I never thought I should be so placed that it would be injurious to me to have been too generous to my enemies. But now... I have to pay for giving you quarter. You would not have denounced to me today in the presence of chiefs if I had caused you to be killed like your comrades. The king looked at the earl and said, There it comes out still, Erthorfin, that you think you have killed too few of my henchmen without compensation. While saying this, the king turned blood red with anger. The earl started up and left the poop and returned to his own ship and all was quiet during the evening. In the morning, when the men awoke and a fair wind had sprung up, they rowed away from the harbour. The king sailed south to Jutland with the whole fleet. In the earlier part of the day, the earl's ship stood out farther to sea, and in the afternoon he took a westerly course, and there was nothing to be told of him till he arrived in the Orkneys and resumed the government of his dominions. King Magnus and Harald sailed to Denmark and spent the summer there. King Svein was unwilling to meet them and stayed in Skene with his army. That summer King Magnus was seized with an illness of which he died, but he had previously declared 
that he gave the whole kingdom of Norway to his uncle Harald. Chapter 21 Earl Thorfinn's Message to King Harald Hardradi Earl Thorfinn now ruled the Orkneys and all his dominions. Kalf Arneson was frequently with him. Sometimes he made Viking expeditions to the west and plundered in Scotland and Ireland. He was also in England and at one time he was the chief of the Thingmen. When Earl Thorfinn heard of the death of King Magnus, he sent men to Norway to King Harald with a friendly message, saying that he wished to become his friend. When the messengers reached the king, he received them well and promised the earl his friendship. When the earl received this message from the king, he made himself ready, taking from the west two ships of twenty benches, with more than a hundred men, all fine troops, and went east to Norway. He found the king in Hordaland, and he received him exceedingly well. At their parting, the king gave him handsome presents. From thence, the earl went southwards along the coast of Denmark. He went through the country and found King Svein in Aleborg. He invited him to stay and made a splendid feast for him. Then the earl made it known he was going to Rome. But when he came to Saxland, he called on the Emperor Heinrich, who received him exceedingly well and gave him many valuable presents. He also gave him many horses and the earl rode south to Rome and saw the Pope, from whom he obtained absolution for all his sins. Then the Earl returned and arrived safely home in his dominions. He left off making war expeditions and turned his mind to the government of his land and his people and to the making of laws. He resided frequently in Bergesered and built there Christ's Kirk, a splendid church, and there was the first bishop's see in the Orkneys. Thorfinn's wife was Ingeborg, called the Mother of Earls. They had two sons who arrived at manhood. One was called Paul and the other was Erland. They were men of large stature, fine-looking, wise and gentle, more resembling their mother's relations. They were much loved by the Earl and all the people. Chapter 22 Of Earl Thorfinn's Death Earl Thorfinn retained all his dominions to his dying day and it is truly said that he was the most powerful of all the earls of the Orkneys. He obtained possession of eleven earldoms in Scotland, all the Sidriar, and a large territory in Ireland. So says Arnor Jarlaskald, Unto Thorfinn, Raven's feeder, armies had to yield obedience from Thusiker right on to Dublin. Truth I tell, as is recorded. Earl Thorfinn was five winters old when Malcolm, the King of Scots, his mother's father, gave him the title of Earl, and after that he was Earl for seventy winters. He died towards the end of Harold Sigurdsson's reign. He is buried at Christkirk in Burgesherid, which he had built. He was much lamented in his hereditary dominions, but in those parts which he had conquered by force of arms, many considered it very hard to be under his rule, and after his death many provinces which he had subdued turned away and sought help from the chiefs, who were odal-born to the government of them. Then it soon became apparent how great a loss Thorfinn's death was to his dominions. The following stanzas were made about the battle between Earl Roggenwald, Bruce's son, and Earl Thorfinn. Since the earls have broken friendship, peace I can enjoy no longer. Feasts of corpses to the ravens each has in his turn provided. Off the islands were the blue tents by the mighty rent asunder. 
dabbled where the foul bird's feathers in red blood neath the lofty branches. Have ye heard how Cal followed Finn's son-in-law into battle? Quickly didst thou push thy vessels against the earl's ships on the water to destroy the son of Brucey, thou courageous ship's commander, wast unwilling, but of hatred mindful, did thou help Thorfinn. When the earls had joined in battle, misery there was unabounded. Thick and fast men were falling in the struggle, sad the hour when nearer went the daring Eastman to the unexampled firing. In that battle of the Red Bjorg, many a noble man was wounded. Swarthy shall become the bright sun. In the black sea shall the earth sink. Finished shall be Austria's labour. In the wild sea hide the mountains. Ere there be in those fair islands, born a chief to rule the people, may our God both help and keep them, greater than the lost Earl Thorfinn.